testing. One, two, three. It works. We're on. We're we could live. just test with your chewing. Dude, I know. <laughs> I'm sitting here slurping down a salad like I am a goddamn farm animal. And Kate's like, are you going to fucking stop that? <laughs> why are you? Why is your mouth making those noises? Yeah, why? I know. I'm such an obnoxious chewer. I've always been that way. My sister also like refuses to eat with me because she cannot stand the sound of my chewing. I have it's like a thing though for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just immediate rage. Misophonia. You know about it? Misophonia. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's M I M I S O phonia, P H O N I O N I A. Okay, that totally sounds made up. I'm just saying miso misophonia. I don't know why that that just sounds like it's. I don't know. Like a character from a from like a video game or something. No, it's like a condition that where like you, you don't hate. like the sound of people chewing. Wow, mine's not even just like it doesn't have to be obnoxious chewing. Like, which yours is? Chewing. Which which yours may be borderline at the moment. Mine is extremely obnoxious. <laughs> I uh, guilty as charged. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna protest. It's 100 percent obnoxious as shit. I agree, absolutely. But I apologize. It's a thing. Like know, listening I've to people, people eat, I can't, I have to also be chewing. Really? Uh huh. Even like the sound of like two like crinkly bags. That pisses. That pisses me off. I don't know if that's a different phobia, but when you like stick your hand in the bag, and I'm like, what? What? It, there's so much digging and crinkling. I what the fuck are you doing? Lost my shit. Visha and I were trying to watch. I don't know whatever it was on TV the other night. Okay. And he's got. <clears throat> Because he he, he um, comes from a Soviet communist country, he steals all of like the snacks on airplanes, and he takes them with him. Like any snack that they give him on an airplane, because he all he fasts also, so he just takes them and he puts them in his bag. Does he and fast he, regularly? Yeah, he fasts every day. He only he fasts like twenty two hours a day. He doesn't eat ever, but he's still massive. He's still a giant human. Yeah, he fasts like 21 or 22 hours every day. And then, so when he travels, they'll give him, you know, Biscoff cookies or plantain chips or peanuts or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And he takes them and he puts them in his carry-on and he comes home and empties out his little snack pack, if you will. Snack pack, yeah. And he has um, a gift bag, just like some random happy birthday gift bag downstairs next to his desk. That is filled to the brim, overflowing with airplane snacks. And he'll bring some up on occasion and eat them while we're trying to watch a movie or something. And he'll eat individual bag opening and I rummaging. I want some airplane snacks. Go talk to my husband. He has, Misha, he's got all the airplane. airplane he's got more fucking airplane snacks than goddamn Delta does right now. But he'll just be sitting there opening his plantain chips and rummaging through them with his little raccoon paws. Trying to fish out them chips. I'm like, put it on a plate. Open them all at once and put them on a fucking plate. Yeah, open them in the bathroom. Oh my, like literally anywhere else except for <laughs> in my presence. Because it is so loud. You yeah. can't hear anything over mm-hmm. it. Yep. That's that's my issue. In general, it doesn't bother me. But if I'm trying to listen to a TV show, I'm like. What if you were just standing in a quiet sir? kitchen and no, you were I, opening the bags? That doesn't bother you. No. no. It's more when you're trying to focus on something. Okay. Yes. So you don't have the misophonia. The misophonia. Just me. 
Just you. Sorry, yeah. babe. Like the crinkling. And the chewing. The chewing. There's like certain people I can't eat with. I think I just made that list. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed before. It's really just the salad. Because there's a lot of... There was a lot of like chewing and breathing and... <clears throat> I also have like a burn at the roof of my mouth. Ooh, how'd you do that? Pizza? Um, an egg sandwich. Ugh. Ugh. Eggs. That is so crazy to me that you don't like eggs. Eggs cool down so fast. How did you burn yourself with an egg sandwich? Because I took it out of the microwave and directly inserted it <laughs> into my mouth. That's how. <laughs> because your girl was starving. <laughs> So now I have like this giant patch in my mouth that like hurts. Literally so I'm trying the worst. To keep food away from it. So when I'm chewing, it's extra annoying. Although this is like a choppy chop salad. Yeah, it looks delicious though. It's so fucking good. I'm yeah, gonna give you feta? guys the recipe today. Or yes, the goat. It's feta. Okay. It's my favorite salad. Truly. One in one A. There's this kale salad that I love, and then there's this salad that I love. That's good. So let's start the episode off strong with the recipe of the day. Okay, go for it. This is <laughs> recipe of the day. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a bite while she's at it. She's giving Intro. us a soft launch into this recipe. I anticipated like something a lot sweeter than that, but we're just we're we're going with it today. Yep, here we go. Okay, All recipe right. of the day. Here we go. So this is my tahini chop salad. Okay, that's what I call it. So it's tahini dressing. Okay. Which is basically just your favorite tahini with some lemon juice, some smashed garlic, and some water. You whip it, whisk with some salt to desired consistency, slightly thick, dressing texture. We're all familiar. Then it is chopped cucumbers, chopped Roma tomatoes, sliced red onions, chopped pistachios, feta cheese, Parsley. Don't skimp on the parsley. It's non-negotiable. You have to use it. It's part of the salad. It's not a garnish. Parsley. And then you can add protein to it. I'll add like grilled chicken to this. I'm having it for lunch. Um, You can add tuna, whatever. Steak tips does not. Oh my God. Kate is so offended by all of my food choices today. Chicken and steak are fine, but tuna? Ugh. Yeah, you don't like seafood at all. Uh, Tuna is not seafood. It's like cat food. It's cat food. You're fucking eating cat food. Let's get over it. Let's not put it in the seafood category. I I don't know. It's a bunch of bullshit. I like I like me a canned tuna. Yeah, fine. Yeah, have some canned tuna, but don't don't sit here and try and sell it to me as seafood. (laughs) It's just not. It's not on that level. No. Um, Okay. And then feta cheese, and then I like it spicy, so I add a big dollop of Calabrian chili paste. I don't know what that is. If you like spicy stuff and you want a way to spice up your life. Woohoo, yeah. Okay. Without having to listen to uh, the Spice Girls album, Spice Up Your Life. Ah, uh, good song. Add Calabrian chilies. It is one of my favorite flavors of all time. I love it. It's so good. It's like this fruity, oily, spicy, peppery taste. I can't describe it. It's so, so good. Mix that all together. Add additional lemon juice if you like it a little bit more acidic. Okay. Add some salt and some pistachios, some chopped pistachios, oh. and that's it. It's I feel like I should have had a sample bowl. Sample? Well, you need a different fork because of my Oh, yeah. Sitch. Like, yeah, I'll save some for you. 
Wait. Yeah, let me just give you <laughs> my sloppy seconds. I felt like you should, that's what you should do. If you make a recipe of the day, if you tell me a recipe of the day and you we make should. it, I should have a sample portion. You're right. So You're I right. can chomp along with you. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a She's going to get me one, folks. Um, it looks delicious. And I'm wondering if this, like, pasty, spicy, how do you say this? Cal- Calabrian chili. Calabrian chili will open up my nasal passageways and make me stop feeling like I'm dying from the inside out. I have a lot in. Cool. Because I really do enjoy. um, Some good spice. Here I go. Some good spice. So. I'm excited. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. That's for you. Real life. um, Real life taste test. Real time. Yeah. Ooh. Smells good. Mm. The spice comes at the end. Yeah. But it's good. Really good. I probably wish I could taste more of the teeny. Yeah. I feel like it's a lighter flavor when you're stuffed up. Yeah. Parsley's good. Feta. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. You can also perfect summer chop. I love the idea of the pistachios. That was like such a nice addition. I wasn't anticipating at the end. You need some texture because otherwise it's just like kind of, it's not mushy, but it's just like softer textures. You need something crunchy. You could also put this in a wrap. Yeah. Mm. And if you're a vegetarian, you could do like some roasted sweet potato in a wrap with this, like as a garnish. Bomb. Fucking bomb. Very good. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, how are things? <laughs> good. Yeah. I feel like I'm dying from all those allergies and whatnot. Well, but you know, in addition to the pollen, what is we it? have a wild Satan? Canadian Canadian forest fire that's yes. blowing down yonder. And that's the reason, like, our air quality is so shitty down here. Mm. It's because the smoke from these fucking Canadian forest fires are polluting our good our good old American air. I mean, shit, this is unreal. It's like, I'm on... So, you can take decongestants when you're breastfeeding, but it can just affect your milk supply. It dries up everything. Mm-hmm. So, I choose not to take it. Obviously, you can't take it while you're pregnant either. So I haven't taken a decongestant since 2018. Um, and she's suffering. Yeah. She's so like, I I'm am like fucking done with this shit. I'm used to it. I get it. But I am on. I take allergy meds 365. Yeah. So daily allergy meds. Then I'm on like an allergy spray. And I've thrown a little Afrin yeah. into it. And nothing's even touching it. That's crazy. It's so frustrating. But anyways, other than that. Yeah. Good. Life is good. We're going away this weekend for a wedding, for family wedding. Um, we have family watching our kids, so it'll just be Ryan and I. So we're going to meet up with some friends the first night, and then um, the second night will be the wedding. So you guys good. going away for the whole weekend? Yeah, you didn't ask me what I was doing this weekend, but I just went there. That's great. I'm glad we can we can cover that now. No, yeah. we're like, I feel like school. Uh, not that. Well, Aiden went to preschool. This year, he'll go to pre-K next year. Mm-hmm. They have a little graduation ceremony on Friday. I know yeah, you're today. 
I know you're feeling it real yeah, hard yesterday and today and I am I am dying yeah I've seen all the videos of all the kiddos it's especially the one like I feel like it's different when you're just like graduating from your little class staying at the school because yeah. you have one more year of like preschool pre-k if somebody really wants to clarify the difference for me at most places go right ahead and then but I think it's more when you're graduating preschool and going to kindergarten or graduate elementary school but more so like high school college like those big ones right when you're making the transition from one school to another yeah 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 I um I just had to order all of my daughter's I had to order all of her school supplies for next year yes what oh it's, what do you mean it's a whole thing so they give you they like contract with this company that does school supplies so every kid has the exact same things and you buy it in a kit and you literally have to buy it by like june 15th for the following year so you go on they send you a link like you register for kindergarten they send you a link um and it's like okay do you go to this school is this your grade yes yes you click it and based on those results they give you like the option of like you know pack one or pack two it's like different colored colored pencils or whatever the hell and you have to buy it and it gets sent right to the school directly to your kid's classroom and it will be there for them on their first day of school in kindergarten in september isn't that crazy why does every kid have to say have the same thing um so i think basically it's because like the like Teachers make curriculums based on certain supplies, so okay. they know every kid has the same thing. Because like, if every kid just like you know we did back in the day, we would just go to Office Max and just get every Lisa Frank mm-hmm. item available. Never was a fan, but yeah, you like you don't know what those True. kids have. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's like okay, we want to do this art project. It's like okay, no everybody has markers. No everyone has a set of colored pencils. I know everyone has these scissors or notebooks or whatever, and you can like base your curriculum around that. It's just easier to standardize things. I get it. But it's just crazy that you already have to do it. Yeah. Wild. Wild. I'm mind blown. How are you feeling about the transition? How's my how's how's your daughter feeling? How's everyone feeling? She's pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped for her. The thing I'm having the biggest issue with is the fact that she wants to take the bus. Okay. Um, elaborate here. So I don't know that I'm ready to let my kindergartner get on a bus. Okay. Um, the bus goes to three different schools every morning. She will be on the bus for like an hour. So that's the thing. Which is not great. I'm okay with, with kindergartners taking the bus. Mm. But I think evaluating if you can afford to do so with time and resources – looking at the bus map and how long your child's going to be on the bus. Yep. I definitely would feel like plays into it. So especially when we don't the... live too, especially when you're, we're not too far from the kindergarten school. Mm-hmm. So we, so she would be on the bus for about an hour each way. Oh, even on the way home. Mm-hmm. So additionally to, in addition to that, she would also be on the bus with like fifth grade boys because it's K through five. On one bus. I don't know how much I want her on a bus with fifth grade boys right 
this exact second. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't know. She really wants to take the bus. I think maybe I'll wait till next year when it's her and my middle daughter. I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with the bus. What are your thoughts on the bus? I think that's the thing. I think for me, it would be more just about their time on the bus. Yeah. Like time spent on the bus. Like we're literally three minutes from the school Mm -hmm. where the kids go to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So it'd be more for the experience versus the said convenience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me personally, if I were thinking about it, it would probably be time spent on the bus. Are they going to get picked up and drove right there? So they're going to be on the bus you know, about yeah. a full stop, a few stops, like 10 minutes. Yeah. Fine. I feel like typically you're not like one way is shorter. Either like from what I've heard from other parents in our town, personal experiences, it's like, oh, the drop, like the pickup in the morning, they would be on the bus for 45 minutes, but on the way home, they're only on the bus for 15. So like, okay, right, right, fine. Right. Let's make a, some choices here. So you can take the bus home, but I'm going to drop you off. Right. I considered that as well. And I think that it's, um, I think that it is shorter on the way home, but it's not like 15 minutes. It's like 30 to 40. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I'm having a hard time with that, but she's like very, very adamant about it. She's really, really, really excited about being able to purchase lunch at school. They've sent us home sample lunch menus and, when I tell you this kid just is chomping at the bit, like she's so excited. They've sent us home, like, you know, sample after school programs and like things that they can be involved with. And she's just really, really excited. Um, I get it. I mean, it's like a huge transition. I feel like kids all, but like a huge transition, but an exciting one for her. And I think it's probably always harder for us as the parents. And I think that probably her um, – like, she's a go-getter. And I feel like kids typically rise to the occasion. And so I feel like if she were one to, like, take the bus, I would have no fears about her taking the bus. But that's from me as an outsider. <laughs> I think it's always harder on us. I think – But I think she would be fine, ultimately. She would, she would do – perfectly well on the bus but i don't know i think i'm having the issue with it right that's what i'm saying it's right. always the parents that have yeah. a more difficult time i feel like kids generally rise to the occasion yeah i just i don't know i know it's just like such a bizarre i can't believe that we're we're, we're here like, yeah this is what we're right. doing now right for sure it is it's absolutely wild and um yeah i don't know but that's like what's consuming my mind at this current juncture and just how do i I feel like it's a really big transition. And granted, she's been going to school for five days. I don't think it's going to be the time. But I think there's a lot more autonomy once you get to kindergarten. Yes, for sure. And I think that she's a kid who thrives in that kind of environment. But also, I think it is going to be an adjustment for her. Yeah. So now, like, my, my I've been focusing on is how do I prepare her for that level of autonomy? Because I'm a stay-at-home parent, so she never has to really worry about doing anything for herself although she does because she is so deeply independent 
but I think it's going to be, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think I'm having a tr- trouble understanding what the level of expectation is for kindergartners. I think in our society, there's like this huge thing around like kindergarten prep, prep for kindergarten. These are the things you need to do to get your child prepared for kindergarten. And I think when I've talked to friends who are teachers, especially one of my girlfriends who is a kindergarten teacher, yeah, the big thing she talks about is just like that in that independence independence in knowing certain things. It's not knowing your alphabet or numbers or recognizing letters right. and things like that. Well, while that is important, there's a lot of children who enter kindergarten who don't even know English. Right. So I think it's less about the academia and more about social expectations, like mm-hmm. how to wait your turn. Yeah, she, could use, st- she, could, she needs some work in that department. How to stand in line. Mm-hmm. How to put your own jacket on. Yeah. Um, wipe your ass. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And knowing in a lunchbox what is snack, what is lunch. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things. Like when I've asked my girlfriend who is a kindergarten teacher, I'm like, people have been asking in our community, like, how do you prepare for kindergarten? Like, what would you... What would you tell us? Like, if you could take all the emails that you get in those first two months of school and mm-hmm. package them, like, what would it be? And she said that's, like, always the biggest stuff is, like, that self-learning and, like, knowing what's what, when to ask for help. Right. And knowing that it's going to be a big transition. Even if they're in school three, five days a week or whatever, it's still, <clears throat> like, a lot more taxing on their like maybe emotionally draining a little bit more yeah. than say preschool because as we know it is a little less play based. Doesn't say it's like it's really the beginning of their formal education. Like yeah. you know preschool is very much about social emotional development and right. just having your child be around other children and getting used to something that's more structured. Yep. Um, whereas kindergarten is okay. We're gonna start teaching you how to you know read and shit. Right. Which, like again she's very enthusiastic about learning she's really enthusiastic about the prospect of like becoming a kindergartner and you know having more freedom and all that but at the same time it's just i don't know it's just it feels like this is my child just going out into the world well now she's school-aged or will be Mm school-aged so she's like leaving that toddler she doesn't wear five anything like a number T anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it's extra small or small or kids. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like it's all throwing me for a loop. And like these last two days have been her preschool quote unquote graduation. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I have a kindergartner. And it's so yeah. Yeah. weird. Uh-huh. It's so weird. Because then, you know, by the time the other two get there, I feel like there won't be nearly as much. I mean, maybe not pressure on the situation, but just, um, like, nerves and feelings around the situation. But then your, your last one. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's something like, with there's it with all, all of them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just this is the great unknown. Yes. Because this is what's going to consume our life for the next, you know, 15 years. Yeah. It's just getting them through the next grade, getting them through, you know, whatever it is, MCAS. Sports tryouts, after school activities, SATs, college prep, like, you know, and then what, like, how do you, 
navigate this, okay, my child has this, like, really deep interest in this one area. Do I then, like, sign them up for... I don't know, fucking Archery. robot camp, <laughs> yeah, whatever, and really go hard on, you know, their interests and hope that that, you know, steers them in the direction of a career that they'll love. I don't know. I'm just, like, trying to figure it out all at once. You're and down the rabbit hole. I'm down the rabbit hole. Because it's just like, okay, because now, like, my husband and I are constantly talking, okay, well, like, activities and what do we want them to do and, like, what do they want to do and, you know... It's like, do I have them do 75 different things and just, you know, sample, sample, sample? Or do I like, hey, your sport is going to be whatever, you know, like this is it. This is what we do as a family. Um, I would think you, I mean, this is coming from somebody, obviously right now I choose the activities for my children, mm -hmm. but I think I would really try to not overschedule yourself. Yeah. It's so much easier said than done, but... I think that if you let the child drive the activity, mm -hmm. unless there's somebody who's like super flaky and they're going to be like, I want to do ballet and they do ballet and they do it for two weeks and they're like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I think that can get super frustrating. You don't want to be like jumping from activity to activity right. every other week. But I think like once they're in school and they're talking about things like kids are going to get into activities and they're gonna be like, hey, Bobby Joe plays softball yeah. i would love to try softball yeah. and play with bobby <laughs> play i with don't bobby i don't know like i don't yeah you know i, know. I think they I like think... start to like get the they will find their then niche. i then i go down this like path where i'm like okay well i would like for my kids to do things that misha and i enjoy doing like i want them to play golf at some point because we could all golf as a family yeah and that would be great I also want them to like I they my my policy will be that they have to have one activity that is physical like whatever it is a sport mm -hmm. working like whatever it is that they want to do but something has to be physical one of their hobbies has to be physical and one of them has to be intellectually stimulating so either a language or a fucking Russian math school or pottery class or a musical instrument or whatever is the dual emerge is the immersion happening yes, spanish I immersion believe, last next year i believe that it is is she gonna be the first class um she might be um i believe that they are rolling that program out for september um which would be great yeah you know i think that having them learn a language this early on is is like insane for brain development and it's like such a valuable thing to have Offered to us, you know, right. via our taxpayer dollar in our school curriculum, which is great. Not have to pay extra for it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that it's just I, it feels like we're on the precipice of having to make some real decisions about life paths. Maybe that's insane to say for a kindergartner. But also, I think it's I think it's the beginning of really cultivating interest because once they get to be kindergarten age, they're capable of learning like a lot. Right. And becoming decently proficient at whatever it is that they choose to do. And if that's a passion that <clears throat> your child wishes to pursue, you know, some of those things have to be decided now because it's a lifelong path of learning, like whatever it is, you know? Feels like a lot to think about for a five or six year old. That's what greatness takes. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. 
Like if your kid is like is and it's not even that they have to be incredible at it, but if they're deeply passionate about it in order to be any kind of meaning, do anything meaningful with that. It has to start sooner rather than later. But like, are you deeply passionate about things? <laughs> about what? Are you deeply passionate about anything? Um, One thing. Choose one thing. Food. I'm okay. deeply passionate about food. Okay. When do you think that passion started? When I was McKenna's age. Dead serious. But I was, was, it I was give, like cooking. But was it like, like your parents were? No, like, my, hey. my parents sucked. They sucked at cooking. Absolutely. I am the only one in my family that does it because it was a passion that I had. And I knew that if I wanted to do it, it was something that I had to do every day. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I literally when I was her age, I would be in the kitchen cooking by myself, burning the shit out of absolutely everything and lighting off smoke detectors left and right. But yes, I was. And it has been a lifelong fulfilling passion of mine. Like, I feel like. I don't really know what I'm passionate about, but um, <laughs> so I'm just thinking like, I don't think that like the thing that you're passionate about when you're five has to be the thing that you're passionate about. I don't when you're think 35. it has to be, but I'm saying like, if there's something that you know, that is like deeply interesting to you, the sooner you start understanding and learning the better. But like, I'm more thinking like a five-year-old's brain do they have the capacity, true capacity, th- of course, to be passionate about I something? I think it depends but like, on the child, but yeah, I think most of them do. But yeah. to be continued passionate, have continued passion for the rest of their life about that one particular thing. So they thing. did this. I, so there was this chess master. I forget when he lived. I think it was like the turn of the century, right? He had five kids and he was like the best chess player in the world. And he's like, okay. I want, I'm going to do it. Like he was essentially experimenting on his kids. He's like half of them. I won't have them play chess at all. If they want to, they can, whatever the other half, the ones that I think have an aptitude for it, they're going to play chess every day, starting at five. Okay. And they then went on, those kids went on to become some of the best chess players in the entire world. Oh, I'm sure. Not like because the, they were deeply passionate about it, but because they started when they were five. I mean, I guess when you think about it, when you're talking about language and these yeah. immersion programs that exist, like kids obviously that have exposure to language earlier than mm-hmm. not, especially when it's a new language, not a language that's spoken in the home, yeah, are, are better off with continued exposure. The yeah. more you're exposed to anything, the better you're going to be at it or potentially more passionate about it. So I get that. I'm just more thinking like, I also think that there are things that are happening in the brain at this age that lend itself well to learning. I I think you learn things way better as a child. I think that the more your brain snaps into place over the years, the less capable you you're the old dog who can't learn a new trick. Yeah. Fair. So Mm -hmm. I think that the earlier you encourage like deep learning, the more developed the brain becomes. And it's not even to say like, you know, it's just in that one area. I think that like learn, We'll stick with language. The more you push a language, that develops other areas of your brain as well. Like, right, that's an entire region of your brain right, that is right. responsible mm-hmm. for learning language. That then translates into, um, you know, better outcomes in other areas of your life. So I do. I'm actually very, very passionate about kids being treated not not treated as adults at a young age, but 
learning like adults uh, what you would I guess what we would typically consider adult learning at a young age like make it age appropriate because like there are some things that they just don't have the ability yeah, like the emotional right. ability to comprehend I'm not saying that we should be educating kids like adults I'm saying that um, I think that they are capable of great understanding at a very young age I think the earlier that you start that the more developed that those areas become. I can see that. Yeah. I just feel like our society, we push kids to do so much instead of just be kids. That's my thing. Yeah, I get that. Like, I don't know, like pushing kids to do activities or pushing kids. I mean, I get it. Like our, we don't do weekend activities. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, we can do activities during the week. Like, you know, like this sports or swimming or whatever that the kids do now and I know people in our group and our friends will be like oh are you gonna sign you know them up for you know t-ball on Saturdays or I don't know language camp or whatever you want to talk about it I deeply regret signing my daughter up for a weekend soccer program yeah that's why I didn't do it I fucking hate it I knew I shouldn't have done it that had been my stance for a long time. No weekend activities. I can find far better ways to spend my time on Saturday and Sunday than stuck in a soccer field because we both have three kids. And if they're all going to play a soccer or, you know, some weekend sport, then you're literally at the field from like 9 a.m. until 1 in the afternoon. And I don't want to fucking do that with my life. And like, I get that it. sounds like, so shitty. There's people whose kids who play hockey and they started skating when they were three and now they're like great hockey players at five. Is it because they started playing hockey at three or because is it because they're just and there is some innate ability and an innate talent? I think it's a mixture of both. Mm. Like you can expose somebody to skating, for instance, mm. they could never be a good skater. They could always just be mediocre. Sure. They're never, they may never make it to the NFL. Sure. Although oh, yeah, we yeah. all think our kids are going to do it. So, anyways, I, mean, I just think there's a lot of pressure on parents and in our society to decide the rest of their lives when they're just kids. I don't know if they have to decide the rest of their lives. I think that it just, it's, it's about develop. Like, I think, like I said, I think that there is something that is <laughs> happening in the brain during childhood that if you're exposed to things, above and beyond what would normally be, you know, in school curriculum or, you know, normal play or whatever, like there, there's accelerated return on that development. Like building new synapses in the brain. And, yeah. yeah. And I think that it, I, I, I just, I don't see a downside. I think as long as you're also listening to your child, right? If they're like crying hysterically in tears, I don't want to play piano. I don't want to do it. It's like, okay, well, don't play piano. Right. Like that's right. traumatic. Like that's not serving any kind of purpose. The difference between pushing your kids and becoming a fucking dictator. Um, I will always push my children. I think that everyone should push their kids. I think that it's like a super, super important because I think that even as an adult, like there are things I'm like, I don't want to do it. But then it's like, I'm so glad that I did it after. Right. Um, but again, there's a fine line between doing that. It's like, okay, no, we need to, you know, we signed up for this. We need to stick through it. We need to like, you know, do all the things and being like, no, you will 
you're doing this for the next 18 years of your life. I don't give a shit what you think. Like, cause that's you projecting your own right, right. shit onto them, which obviously is not a good thing, but yeah, I don't know. There's just like, because she, I mean, she also tells me all the time. She's like, I want to do this. And I, you know, she like has like a very inquisitive way about her and wants to learn all kinds of things. And I'm like, I don't know. It feels like I, like we can't do all of them. Right. So we right. feel like we have to pick. So yeah, we're in just like the picking place. What do we pick? I don't know. I don't know. Throw it in a bag. Throw it in a bag. Pick it out. Pick yeah. it out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Pick it out of a hat. It's crazy, man. What do you got going on this weekend besides the wedding? Uh, nothing much. Yeah. Just going when are you guys leaving? Friday. Yeah, nice. we're leaving Friday afternoon. Nice. Um, after like the little graduate preschool graduation ceremony. So cute. Last play group of the year yeah and then we'll head out during nap time my parents are going to watch the kids on friday night and then uh, my sister and her family are going to watch the kids on like from like saturday afternoon to sunday afternoon when we get home oh nice so everyone gets to like take a shift i guess it's nice to break it up yeah that's great that's yeah awesome. so be good mm-hmm. that's great i'm glad you guys all have so much fun no i love weddings i love going to weddings there i'm like i'm i was actually thinking that the other day i'm just like Someone in my friend group has to get married. And there were a few eligible bachelors in our, in my friend group that I'm just like, come on, please. Like, we need to do something fun. <laughs> but then, like, y'all are never getting fucking married. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. I'm sorry. Love you, mean it, but it's just not going to happen. Um, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you? Choosing life choosing we have a big old party this weekend um we do like an end of year party for all the kids Mm -hmm. so we have bounce house and water things and water balloons and pizza and tiki things and hawaiian stuff and raw bar and like all kinds of stuff there's gonna be like 80 to 100 people here on saturday wow so let's hope the fucking weather holds out because it's uh, it's looking fine right now. Yeah, I thought it yeah. has. I think Saturday is actually one of the only days this week that looks decent. Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's hope that doesn't change because you know how New England be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it uh, changes from one minute to the next. But yeah, that's all we got going on. We get some birthday parties as per usual, like three of them this weekend. Yep. Ugh. And yeah. Oh, thank you. It's crazy. It's absolute insanity. But all good things. All good things. <laughs> as Olaf would say. And uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.